You can call me L, you can call me Ed, you just, just fucking call me, why don't you? Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And today, well, last night, something happened. A little song dropped. It's our first taste of dark matter. That's right. Feels like we've been waiting for a long, long time for this to drop. However, you know, it's been September since... Eddie had said the Gigaton era is over, and now we have transitioned and everything after that. Once we found out that something was happening and something was going down, it all unraveled very, very quickly. And the result of that, we think, was pretty fantastic. So here's what we're going to do. John and I are going to talk about this for a little while. And then we are going to toss to our listening party that we had last night and get the opinions from our podcast community on Facebook, Twitter, and all that. A lot of people joined in. It was a lot of fun. So we'll toss to that after a couple minutes of us talking about it here and what it means and what to look forward to for the next steps. All right. Talk about that now. Randy Sobel over here. John Farrar over there. Hey, hey. The sounds... Like a good day every time we get something new, it's and here. yeah, and it, it's it's nice because I think it came at a time unlike Gigaton where we were starving, starving for that new music. It was just enough where four years I'm like, okay, yeah, that I can I can accept that, you know that like if it was any longer than that. I feel like we would really be starving again, but no, four years is a good kind of test for throwing the new stuff out there. Uh, in a time. long four years, let's not let's not you know not go too crazy. It's and evidently they had they had finished this over a year ago and just been sitting on it. So it's about it's about time. It, yeah, but what I'm like, it's still I don't know. I, I feel like Gigaton. Maybe because we didn't get it live, it was still fresh for a little while, if you know what I mean. Mm. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, anyway, we're here to talk about the song. Now, let's talk about the rollout for a second. And that's going all the way back to the newsletter and the weirdness of the newsletter. And Pearl Jam has been known to do weird things with their album announcements, like point stuff at billboards and the moon and just random things. And this one, they took you for a little game, but it involved playing in the dark. And it was very strange at first. If you were on your phone, it was really tough to highlight the main portion of your email, but Eventually, you figure it out, you get it, it brings you to a page where you highlight it, and you say, it says Pearl Jam new album coming out, and that kind of kicks you off here, but, <laughs> you know, it's a weird way to start the whole thing. I mean, you, you get the excitement, and you kind of build to that, but this is, that was a strange way to go about it. It's a very, like, mid-90s, early internet thing to do, like, it's... It's very like CompuServe, like 
go do this scavenger hunt on the internet. Like they, that's just not, we don't see people doing that anymore. It's just not what happens. I mean, I can't remember the last time any other band did something like this, but that's, you know, someone in their, in their camp, whether it's the band or whether it's management or whether it's someone is like really into this, like, let's play internet games with the, with the releases. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, when I first got that all blank, all black email, it's like, wait, what is this? What's going on? And yeah, I mean, 95% of people are going to look at it on their phones, if not more. So yeah, I don't know if that, I don't know if that hit the way they wanted it to. Yeah, this is a lot of people said that this is very reminiscent of stuff that Taylor Swift does with her fans. And, you know, like my my wife noticed on a Super Bowl commercial, I think it was a Disney commercial, that there was like a Taylor Swift line at the end of it. And she's like, oh, that's that's Taylor. That's a Taylor drop. And just really random. Like, that's the things that they do there. And that's normal. That happens for every kind of release and and thing that's that comes out. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm all for the fun, but you know, I don't know. This one, this one was a little weird. However, yeah, I mean, there there wasn't there wasn't much substance to it. It was just the one little teaser line and then a link to pre-save a download, like. But do that. that have it okay. do something. Give us a clip or something. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that I get where they were coming from. The whole term dark matter is kind of supposed to be, I don't know, rather uh rather bare. And sure. Sure. you know, I think that's what they were going for there. But this happens, then a bunch of other rumors get spread, and then uh yesterday morning. All the band tweets out was a picture of what looked like a backdrop and drums in the background, and it just said midnight. So that's the way you knew we got some leaks that weekend, and we got to hear like 30-second snippets of the song from either Wikipedia or Live Nation Australia. So it really built up to the hype, and then we got the song. And I think that the song lived up to the clip's that we got to hear for sure. And thinking about it more, it feels unlike a lot of things that Pearl Jam has done in the past. And, you know, bring it up when we're going to run the forum in a little bit, but it's interesting that they're on their 12th album and bands that are on their 12th album sometimes, or, you know, this deep into their career, at least, they make a record and it's like, okay, let's get a couple of good songs in there. And then it kind of all gets dispersed a little bit. And, you know, I don't want to say people do it for money, but it, it does tend to happen that way. And you do kind of get, you know, focused out on some of those artists that are kind of late game uh, producing things. But it, has always kind of felt like Pearl Jam is trying to push their bar and trying not to do the same thing. And I think what we see here is totally unique from the rest of the catalog in a way. I could not think of anything to compare this to within Pearl Jam at all. Yeah, there's um, there's one part of it that a lot of people were pointing out, myself included, that 
reminiscent of UR. It's got that little kind of delay effect that that UR had, and a lot of people like on the forum you're gonna hear people talking about Riot Act, and but mixed with kind of that Earthling gigaton, the kind of modern era sound that like that they're just gonna that's just what you're gonna get now and the the production with andrew watt as well make makes a lot of sense but i mean i th- I think that's good i mean you you they don't want to be looking backwards and redoing things you know that they've done before i think if this came out as if if they came out and it it sounded like a, a carbon copy of even flow then we'd be like well what are we doing here you know they they want to be pushing themselves and looking forward. Like we've we've heard Jeff say that, we've heard Ed say that. Like they always want to be, you know, looking for the next thing and trying to do, trying to be better. You know, we've we've heard them. We heard him say last year, like I think this is the the best that they've they've sounded as a group and the best individual performances that they've gotten. So if this is, I mean, if this is, I mean, this is the title track. It's the it's the first single. I I was pleasantly surprised. Like I had I had kind of tempered my expectations. I you know a lot of people you know, were kind of buying into the hype. Like oh I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. But we've you know you're you're 33 years in. We're basically in like the Steel Wheels era now of of Pearl Jam. We so I was like oh, okay the clip is fine. I'll give it a shot. But it actually it did surprise me a little bit how how you know interesting it was musically and what they were able to do, you know, with the song. And it sounds like, you know, the things you want to hear, you've got that Cameron intro, which is awesome. It's going to be great live. The end where McCready comes in sounds, he sounds better than he has in a long time. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. The Andrew Watt factor is really interesting here. Cause I think that a lot of people that didn't really love earthlings because some of the clean sound really wasn't very reminiscent of what Ed and the band has done that there was a lot of concern. I think that some concern in this room of us two speaking right here, that this record would have a lot of the same. It's interesting that you mentioned earthlings. A lot of people have said the earthlings piece. I haven't really gotten there yet. I I don't see it sounding like earthlings because I think it's a little heavier than earthlings. So I get that it does have that clean approach to it. Even though there's a hard rock edge, there's a heavy edge. It does feel like a clean sound as far as production goes, but I just haven't found what everybody else is seeing comparing it to earthlings. And, you know, I haven't gone out and listened to any of Watts, other records that he's produced for post Malone or Miley or Ozzy even, but it felt like it was almost a little bit of a left turn from what he did from Earthlings. And maybe that, again, doesn't come into the production, but it comes in with how heavy the song was. I, I guess I'm not there yet, but so far, I think I'm on the positive side with this, thinking that, okay, he knew what he was doing. He had a direction for this. And clearly the band was all in. And from what we know from sort of the artist detail here is that he had a lot to do with playing on songs well. Guitar, keyboard. So he was really involved with this. Yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of people were asking about, you know, oh, who who, who wrote the song? Like, what what are the, who's it credited to? 
And, you know, we'll have to wait, I think, until we get the, you know, the booklet to see, you know, who wrote what and everything. But that'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how much he actually contributed as as far as, like, musicianship-wise. Um, yeah, that's interesting to me, because I don't think, you know, we've seen, you know, Brendan O'Brien and people like that come in. So it'll be interesting to see if he continued that and uh, and got to play a little bit. I'm curious to see, you know, I, I think I said this when Gigaton came out, too, like... I would love like any kind of behind the scenes videos. I want to know, you know, everything about. I'm just really interested in how this was made, and I, I, any kind of interviews or behind the scenes stuff. I would love to see about this because, yeah, it sounds like something that that was very different than what they've done before. All right, I think here what we'll do is we'll toss to our party that we had last night. Uh, we put together a listening party. And tons of people responded to it, almost overwhelmingly amount that I didn't know. Okay, well, I don't know if I'll be able to fit everybody in my Zoom, but it ended up being a really good crowd and a crowd that was pretty passionate about what they heard. And, you know, about like 50 to 40 people in there at a certain time, we all listened to the song, we all reacted to it. And we're going to play a little bit here because there's some interesting discussions that get brought up about the content of the song and the lyrics. And we know a little bit more of the lyrics now than we did last night. It seems like it has been deciphered a little bit more. But it's a, it's interesting to bring in all of these different voices. We'll hear from Javier, who will talk about the fuzz a lot and how much he loved the fuzz. And let's just run it and then we'll come back and we'll kind of talk about the next steps in this whole process, which means tour announcements. All right. Throw to this the is the live on four legs listening party yeah. for dark matter. And we have just listened to the song not once, but twice. We're here with about 40 people or so enjoying the first taste of the record of dark matter. Ladies and gentlemen, let the Pearl Jam community know how you fucking feel about this song. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Great song. Can't wait, Can't to, wait to see it live. Excellent. I, I it's can't. got a I lot agree. of Jeff. It's got a lot of Mike. It's got a lot of Stone. It's got a lot mm. of Ed. It's got the drums, like they were saying. It's got a lot yeah, of sure the drums. It does. Um, sure it's got the original Pearl Jam. It's got a lot of the uh, last album, but it's not any of the uh, original Pearl Jam. It is unique but upon itself. I think it has shades of what we know from the past, but is definitely unique upon itself. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Now, how many people here are excited and more than excited to hear this song and all the other songs from Dark Matter live? I think this is going to be a yeah. good fucking record live if this is any indication yes. right here. Yep. Oh, that's Hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's exactly. what I'm most excited about is to hear that that's what this this song did for me. It's like, oh, I can't wait to hear the rest. I'm just so excited. I'm really like, woo. <laughs> really, really excited about it. I got bedhead, but <laughs> I fell asleep. I, I, I am prepared. I'm Woke prepared for up. a bang over. 
<laughs> my nectar hurts. Oh, I'm tired. You're the queen of bangovers. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're the only one that I've ever heard say that term. So. But it's a thing that we say in metal, the metal community, too. Yeah. I guess you can transfer that over to Pearl Jam. I don't mind. Bringing it over. Did anybody else get a, a strong Earthlings vibe from it? Because it sounded very Earthlings to me. Which 100% very Brother yeah. of the Cloud. It sounded like the Foo yes. Fighters. I, I did oh, not. I got more of a riot act feel to it than anything. Yeah. It was just uh, super clean. Now, I need to dirty up a little bit live. I've uh, I've heard some riot act. I heard that it sounds like infallible. I've heard a lot of you are. You are so, is what immediately. Yeah. Came yeah. Up. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to Javier. Javier, what makes this kind of have that same idea as you are? Oh, I just hear a lot of, I think, and, and, and this is something that I, I, I always had faith that Andrew Watt was going to make. It was He's such a massive fan, right? He, he was just going to grab every single piece of an element of a live recording or a live singing that he's going to like it, and he was going to throw it out there like a spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. Yep. So, for example, right now, like when I was listening to it, I hear Jeff, and I hear like that sustain note like animal, you know? Like in the first part, I hear stone on like using the programming and you are assuming that it's a stone and I hear Mike like super like power riffs. And for me, the most surprising thing is like vocally, I think it sounds great because I think everybody was concerned about like how he was going to sound because of his voice and all that stuff. But I think he pushed it to a limit, but it doesn't sound overused or tired. Yep. And I think for me that I think for me that's key. And also like as as a music geek and guitar player and all that stuff, I hear fuss. I haven't heard fuss in a Pearl Jam record in years since nothing as it seems, actually. Wow. And I hear that again and I'm like, my spidey senses are like going all over yeah. the place right now. And I'm like, oh my god, I need I need to listen to so, so many things right now. Uh, <laughs> to Amy, Fuss is a pedal that is a different than an overdrive. It's like an old school pedal, kind of like the first version of the overdrive. Now, I want to bring up Ed's lyrics because you, uh, well, not just lyrics, but uh, his voice in particular, because a lot of people had said that it wasn't very clear what he was saying. Do you think that, again, direct to you, Javier, do you think that some of that fuzz and some of the noise that's going on with the guitars and everything like that is maybe creating this weird kind of, uh, I don't know, weird juxtaposition of where you can't quite tell what he's singing because the vocals are, I don't want to say being drowned out by the guitars, but it kind of has turns into that effect almost. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably he has something on the mix too. Maybe like a little bit of reverb or something like that, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I would like to hear like with headphones yeah. in complete silence, just kind of like figure it out how it sounds. But the first, that first take, it was like this. This is exciting. Like this song live is gonna be like, it's it's gonna be something else. It's gonna be, and, and people are gonna make it their own. Yeah, I, I want to go to Joey. Joey had. I'm um, I'm sorry, Jason. I'll go to Jason first, then I'll go to Joey. <laughs> I think they have. I think they have Ed's voice intentionally kind of like 
subdued, like a little bit in the background. You want that music to kind of come through because that's a fucking killer riff. It's a great melody. Like, I mean, the whole song just fucking kicks ass. And like, you don't want to have Ed to be out front of that in this particular mm. song. I feel that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Jo- Joey, I want to go to you here. Uh, you had a couple things to say. So elaborate on, because it seems like, I don't want to say it was negative at all, but it seems like you had some, I guess, uh, a little bit of concern over it. I'm taking it in a variety of different ways. It's, I wouldn't describe it as concern more so than I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I think I'm doing what naturally any massive fan does and taking the limited information and now, you know, song that we have and kind of trying to see what, see what this means in the context of where they're taking this. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of where, where I am on, on one, on one half of it. I think that, you know, this is definitely a, uh, in terms of in terms of sound there's some is is where i'm most attracted to it in the in the depth there um you know there, there's a reason why we have javi talking about this right at the top um and i think the song calls for that so that there's there's some there's some depth and excitement there but ge- but generally the song feels very approachable which not that there's anything wrong with that just as as a pearl jam fan i know historically my favorite pearl jam records a big aspect of them, including the last one too, by the way, is that with the singles, they kind of throw us off a little bit. And this one didn't really do that for me. This one was just straight ahead. Okay. This is fun. This is cool. It definitely lines up with having Andrew as a producer. I think that there's two sides to that. I think on one hand, um, he's, you know, he, he has his, he has his pop edge and experience. And so he's going to bring that, 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 sentiment to kind of the the lens on the band that he gives but then at the same time um he's bringing this new energy and you can definitely feel um you can definitely feel that that's that's kind of what what i what i relate to earthling is that there's uh the the most positive thing i can say about earthling is that there was it's it felt like there was this renewed excitement for making new music and that, that you can hear that come through so that's that's there there's there's positive and negative ways to to look at look at this um so that that's just kind of what i'm going for i don't know if i'm necessarily feeling negative about it it's just more you know i i can see what they're going for and i can see where it, it'll it, it could fall flat or it could be really really cool the, the thing that i will say undoubtedly though is live this thing's gonna absolutely kick ass. oh and i so, think that's yeah, pretty, totally yeah. yeah across the board I, here i, I think coming yeah. out of I think coming out of a, a, a COVID era, an album that uh, came out without the ability for dates to come right alongside it. I think that a big part of this album um, more central than ever. I mean, obviously it's an aspect of all the music that they put out, especially in the latter half of their career, but now more than ever, they're like, Oh, we're, re- we're ready to put this in a live mm-hmm. setting pretty quickly. Cool. And I, I think with a song like this, the the studio version is going to kind of fade into the background pretty quickly. I think that we're going to start enjoying live versions of this very, very fast. There's other Pearl Jam songs where, where the studio version holds a unique place. This one, I think less so. So I, that's the most exciting thing I can say about this. Yeah, for sure. Fully agree. You know, the same like with uh, Gigaton, when we got the clips of Gigaton, you know, when it first came out, 
Um, we were all excited, you know, it was like new music. Yay. Yay. And then the album came out and me personally, I was less than thrilled, but then I started seeing them live and it just blew me away. So I have a feeling that even if we're kind of wishy-washy about this right now, like seeing it live, I think it's just going to be incredible. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm going to bring this to people's attention and just think about this and you don't have to give me an answer right here, but where do you see this song being played in the set? I think this is the this is the kick down the chair song. Yeah, I agree. Not I the song after gone. the kick down the chair song. Not yeah, I'd say after. Yeah, I like present yeah, tense into this. Right before yeah, maybe or after corduroy. Yeah, I was gonna say what used to be the corduroy <laughs> spot. <laughs> I think it depends on the rest of the Jason, album. That was very specific. To be honest, I hope it replaces <laughs> Last Kiss. Uh, anything. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I think they're I two totally that. different cats. They have to have something for the back. Are going to play that one to the back? Terry, I will throw... I will throw Olay instead of Last Kiss. And I know that people are going to hate me for that. Or even like you can't deny me any any anything anything except for last kiss. <laughs> I heard this one and I I thought of last kiss. You guys can say it. I I I heard it and I, I was, no 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 no. Sorry. No. <laughs> what? Don't go there. Was there right like the cloud, a, a teenager killed or something? Did I not catch that? Surprisingly, no, no, there wasn't that. It was just kind of melodramatic to me. I, there wasn't anything there that I, I couldn't. Yeah, sorry. No, I what? get that. I get, I get the mellow, melodramatic, melodramedy. I don't know how to say. Hey that. guys, the content of the. Yeah, what? Well, I, I was going to say. I think this is a fair question for everyone. I, I would love to hear everybody's input on this. Do you guys think that the approach of this? Uh, kind of like don't bring your instrument kind of thing come to my studio I'll give you the guitars I'll give you all this stuff do you think that they were when they were recording they thought okay how we can record this but then make it better live do you yeah. think that that was the approach yes kind of present they're thinking of us they're I mean, that, I think that, with that's this, what you want at this point that is a yeah. totally killer live song like that is not a studio version song it's how many like, how many of their other songs how many sorry how many of their other songs have like chanting moments in there like that was designed for that yeah that's i get what you're saying there that was a design chant moment yeah. like i don't alive. i can't think of yeah live yeah like off the top of my head i, I just I, I can't think of a specific moment where they're like yeah, we wrote this song because we want to play it live. Obviously, every song has the intention to be played live, but um, yeah, this felt like they played it in front of a crowd and said, okay, that's the song, play it on the record. Yeah, like one of the uh, one of the things at the listening party, the reviews that showed up, somebody actually mentioned, they didn't mention names or anything, but one of the songs from the forthcoming album seems to be designed for crowd chanting. It yes. was their, yeah. their verbiage. I'm assuming it was that song. I would all have to have been. It, it you know. seems that way. Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, Ryan was here and I heard I saw that Ryan had his hand up. So I want to give him an opportunity to speak. Sorry, I don't have a camera. I just uh, wanted to say one thing real quick about live. I went back and I started from the guitar solo on close your eyes and imagine watching Mike 
playing that and how nuts he's going to be on stage. I think <laughs> he's that's always gonna nuts be, on stage. I think, that, I think that's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> you know, um, what's, what's interesting 100%. about that solo is that that's the kind of solo I wanted out of Super Blood Wolf Moon. That's what I was expecting yeah. to hear out of that. Yeah. Anything yeah. out of anything off of Gigaton. Yeah. Mm hmm. So great comment, this, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. It I want to centrally in that. Did you listen to that? McCready was front and center, completely balanced in the recording. He's the focal point of the record now. It's not Ed. Yeah, he, like kind of like in your face, kind of oh, like yeah. the wall He's of sound kind of method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to hearing him on that left channel. Interesting. Yeah, but but Jeff, but Jeff is so prominent in this. This is a very Jeff song. It does sound like Mike. Jeff. Out of curiosity, do we know who wrote the song? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Well, that's the thing. I think people brought up that this was uh, ever all of everyone. The, everyone involved were, were the writers of this. I don't know, including yeah. everyone. That's that's just the metadata that we see. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I'm sure that, that might right. be the album metadata, not the song. Yeah. When you get liner notes, you'll be able to they'll, they'll, they'll say yeah. the liner notes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I really we all know. I really hope that we can get one of those YouTube little shorts like we got a lighting bulb that they kind of yeah. like walk you through how they did the record and especially to see the process of like, okay, you guys are here. You only have your drum kit. This is everything you know. Play. That'll be super fun to watch to see how they approach that. That's kind of what I was hoping that Sirius would do when they played the song at midnight. I was hoping that because for dance of clairvoyance, they had a little bit of an explanation for that. And then Matt mimicking the drum machine sound and stone playing bass and Jeff kind of coming up with the melody a little bit. I thought we were going to get some of that, but hmm. I mean, dark matter, they want to keep people in the dark, I suppose. <laughs> but I want to, for anybody that kind of remembers the content of the lyrics here, and we don't have anywhere where they're written down at the moment, but what do you take from those? What kind of story is being told? I have my own yeah, idea, but open the floor. I saw there was a real quick. There was a there was a thing about journalists being killed. It made reminded me of like a like a Russian Ukrainian thing. Hmm. Deploy the deploy the dialogue. That sounds hmm. a little bit like uh, the beginning. Of whoever said to like the don't. The manager of dead, and then also dance of the clairvoyance who had that sort of modern times critique, which I feel like this is inching too. He's telling us to think for ourselves and not listen to the to the to the bullshit, the political bullshit. Did anybody get the feeling that this was kind of written about COVID era? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Because you think about dark matter and what is dark matter? Emptiness. And I think the idea of maybe how the album was written, and I think from things that we read, was that it was kind of a reaction to that time period. And right. I'm almost thinking that some of the lyrics and like take, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm going to have to have a hard time to remember this. I think it was like, take a look at my eyes, uh, take blood from my heart. Uh, I wonder, yeah, I, I wonder if that's just kind of the emptiness 
that came from COVID and not being connected going, to people in there. Do you think it's no, I think they're going to the future. Yeah. I've okay. uh, to the future elections to like look at take a look at my eyes to to my future to the everything that's going on to me going forward to us going forward i think it's i think it's the black matter to the dark matter going forward i think there's a lot that's of what they're trump, talking about i think there's a lot of trump in there um yeah you know when he says you know denounce your demigods yep. i remember yeah. Um, and he says one person's mistake and everyone pays the price or something along those lines. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Trumpism in there. Um, and there's uh, he mentions King Diamond, unless I missed it. That's what I thought he heard, too. Yeah. 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 I heard that, yeah. too. King Diamond, Lost Dogs. There's a lot of no, no love for Lost Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone pays for someone else's mistakes. Yep. Yeah, that is a very Trump line. Like, it is. And. Kind of coming into this, it didn't seem, you know, when you read the spin article, it said that some of the themes were about togetherness and kind of getting older. And my first thought was like, okay, maybe this is kind of a drift away from the political anger. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's the exact opposite. It's over. I think, I think it's about. I think it's about talking to you know, like there's the political bullshit of of our of our country, but I think it's about us talking to each other as neighbors and as humans. And it's like, we need to just ignore the bullshit and talk to each other, see each other face to face, eye to eye and connect to, you know, share, understand what, okay, we are different, but what do we share? We share, okay, I, I love my family. You love your families. I think it's about like that stuff and like, fuck the, fuck the demagogue. Pit, you know, oh. connect with your neighbors. That's Thank what you. I think it is. We're gonna we're gonna wrap things up in a minute or two. Aaron has his hand raised. I want to get to him. I think hearing some words directly from Mike's mouth in Seattle at the Rockford's events, and then seeing all of that um, hesitation and cautious optimism. I'm gonna say it nicely that a lot of people had with Andrew Watt coming on board. Um, I've just been kind of churning those two things over in my head a lot. Like once I heard the clip and I was like, you know what? Pearl Jam knows who they are. We're, we're seeing them in the back half of this career. And we're all talking about like this song and how they write for live. And I'm like, you know, I felt that on the last album. I feel like they're doing everything for live now. And I think Watt just kind of shined that mirror back on them. And I think we're going to see really, really good things on the whole. This gives me really good vibes. All right. That was so much fun last night. And I want to thank everybody that joined up. It's very hard to thank everybody individually because there was a lot of people there. But I, I feel like if I do mention names, then I would only be singling people out and not focusing on the other people that were there. So for everybody that did join in, thank you so much. We had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed the experience. And guess what? Maybe we'll do this again very, very soon, depending on when the next single comes out. So <laughs> speaking kind of of that, now we get the single and we're going to be listening to this for days and days and days. And I think that what we can expect today 
from all of the rumors that have been going out there, and it feels like we're leading to this moment, we've kind of seen that things have developed very, very quickly from the announcement to the snippet to the song actually coming out last night that I think it's time that we get some tour dates. The tour dates have been rumored, and it kind of all depends on what you see and what you believe, but very, very shortly... I believe that we're going to have our full our our full tour run here from May on the West Coast to July and June in Europe and then East Coast in September. So what we're going to do is once we get that information, we'll be back with an episode tomorrow focusing on that and talking about some of the locations. And that will kind of replace the week's episode just for the day. We're going to put that out tomorrow. And then on Thursday, we're going to do our regularly regularly scheduled programming with the Atlanta 2012 show. So we just want to get this all out there as much as possible. You know, quick turnaround in the morning. We woke up at... before seven o'clock to do this, I don't think I've ever recorded a podcast this early before, but stranger things have happened. So we'll, so we're excited to kind of put that in there and, and get you guys all of the fresh content while, you know, you're obviously listening to the songs and, and looking forward to the album coming out in April. Any final thoughts on this and kind of, not expectations of what to come, but maybe what this is going to lead to on the next drop. Yeah, I just, um, I just can't wait to hear the next thing. Like we've, this seems like kind of the opposite of what they've done in the past, where the first single will be a very anti-classic Pearl Jam sound, but this feels like a very classic Pearl Jam sound. So I'm very curious to see what, where, which direction they go with the next song. If it's like, cause if it's one of the slower ones, if it's, another kind of fast one if there's if there's any weird ones on there then they can go anywhere from here yeah i don't got much more to say than that that i think they kind of know what they're doing they kind of know what songs that they want to put out there i think the last couple times that they've released a second single i feel like i haven't been a fan of the second single (laughs) It Going looks back like to the sirens and yeah, yeah, right. It looks like running track eight is only two minutes long, barely over two minutes. So that's the one I'm hoping for. Ooh, back to back running and whipping, huh? We'll see. How about that? That would be very, very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening in. I can't stress it enough. This is such an awesome time to take in a new record from your favorite band and just let it pump. Listen to the song as much as you can. Get everything you can from it and just soak in the moment and enjoy it because, you know, in a heartbeat, 2024 might be over and you might be looking back and be like, oh, all right, that was a good year for Pearl Jam. But we're still in February. We still have a lot to go. So we're looking forward and anticipating all of it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And hopefully you're not paying for somebody else's mistake. We'll see you very soon. Thanks, everybody.